Hallelujah. That's why we do what we do. That's why we do what we do. There's no better way I can share and tell you and preach about it. That's why we do what we do. That's why we're starting another location in Midwest City to see more lives change. That's, that's why I'm asking this church to, to rally behind the vision. And, and I'm asking us, let's, let's, let's give $1.5 million this year to, to see more of this there in Midwest City. That's why I'm, I'm asking you next Sunday to bring your best offering so that we can get that place renovated, get the lights and the sound and, and the video and the bathrooms all done at that new location in Midwest City. This is why... I'm asking you because our God changes lives. Last night, we had 188 people make commitments towards the dream last night. 188 people showed up for a dinner last night. And, and those 188 people, a lot of them married. Married couples make commitments last night because they believe in more changed lives. And 188 people pledged over the next year to give almost $450,000 to see this dream come to pass, to see more lives change. That's what it's all about. You say, Herbert, what's the bottom line? What are you all about? What are you trying to accomplish? I believe that Jesus changes lives, and he wants to continue to change more people's lives. The scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 through 4, this is is good and pleases God our Savior who wants God wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth and I believe that with everything that was that's within me that God wants everybody saved that God wants more lives to be changed that the power of the gospel the power of the Holy Spirit changes people's lives and can I tell you, we got a great start to that 1.5 million with 188 people already committing 450,000. Some made a check out for their entire pledge last night. We are on our way to making it happen to see more lives change. And we just need thousands of you to rally behind and let's go rock Midwest City with the good news of Jesus Christ. And here's what I want to do for the next few moments. I want to answer four questions, four questions people ask when pastors crazy like me cast big vision. Four questions that people ask when pastors cast big vision. I want to answer those questions today. The first question is this, what kind of accountability systems does the church have? Some of you are here today and you feel like God is stirring you to give a significant gift. God has laid on your heart to do something big here at People's Church so that we can go see more lives changed. And your question today is, 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 Pastor, I just want to know, I just want to be comfortable that this church is being a good steward of the resources that God has called me to give and entrust to, to the ministry. And, and that's a legitimate question. Unfortunately, in, that there have been churches uh, throughout Oklahoma and throughout the world that have given the, the church a black eye by not handling resources in a, in, a, in a way of accountability and integrity. And I just want you to know with all my heart, we're people of integrity. We, we handle things with integrity. We handle things with accountability, not only just to please the Lord, but we, I want to I wanna honor you. I want, to, I want to steward the resources that you give in a very wet, wet, way that you would be honored and the way that would glorify our Heavenly Father. I believe that's scriptural. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse number 20 when Paul was writing, to, writing about the, the gift, the offering that was given to his ministry, he said, by traveling together, 
we will guard against any suspicion, for we are anxious that no one should find fault with the way we are handling this large gift. He said, we're going to travel together. There's going to just be two, at least two of us because we want to be accountable with this large gift. And he says in verse 21, God knows we are honest, but I want everyone else to know it too. This, that is why we have made this arrangement. Paul says, listen, listen, I want you to know something. We are honest. We are men of integrity. God knows that, but he says this, I want you to know it too. And I say that to you today. Listen, God knows that we're operating with great integrity, with great accountability. God knows it, but I want you to know it too. I want you to know it as well. And I want you to understand here at People's Church that, that, that when, you, when you return the tithe and offerings here at People's Church, it's first of all under 24-hour surveillance. When the ushers drop it off in the drop room, there's a camera in there that runs 24 hours a day. It's dropped into the safe on the other side of the wall, which is the count room, and it's under 24-hour surveillance 24 hours a day, 30, 365 days a year that it's being monitored. It's counted by at, at the minimum of, of two people, and it does not leave that 24-hour surveillance until uh, the Brinks truck comes to pick that, uh, that, that money up. It's, it's under 24-hour surveillance. And on top of that, because we, we take great measure to be accountable to honor God with the resources that you give, we, uh, we have a CPA firm that comes that helps us with our accounting every single month. They reconcile the books every single month. So when we say this is where the dollar's going, the CPA firm comes right in every month and goes, yep, that's where the dollars are going and reconciles the book down to the penny. On top of that, we voluntarily submit ourselves to an audit from an outside firm every year voluntarily. Now, most churches don't, don't, don't have an audit. It costs money. It costs uh, several thousands of dollars to bring in a firm to come and audit the books so that we can be great with accountability, that you can be give with confidence, but we, but we pay for that. Matter of fact, we're going through that process right now with the 2010 finances. We've got auditors here and walking through our offices. It's in a lot of work. It causes a lot of work and manpower for us to get things ready for the auditors, but we believe it's worth it all that we can handle the finances with great, great integrity. We have a board here made up of men of this church that I meet with at, at least six times a year that we meet, and they see every penny that's spent in the church. They know where every penny is going. They sign off on the budget. I mean, we have accountability systems here at People's Church. Listen, I don't take the offering home and count it with my, with my wife every week. No, that's not how. This ain't no Ma and Paul shop. You know what I'm saying? We've got great accountability structure that you can give with, 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 with confidence. You can give your gifts. And matter of fact, if you've been at People's Church for a, a year or uh, two years or three years, you, you see where the money's gone. If you're brand new here, you, you may go, now, well, where's, the, where's the money going? Well, well o- over the last five years of our, of our nine-year history of a church, the last five years, we've bought a piece of property. We've built two multi-million-dollar facilities. We've grown from those early theater days to, to thousands of people, which is thousands of dollars into ministry and outreach and to, and to, and to be able to provide ministry to our church family. And, and on top of just ministering here to, to our church family, who God brings us 10%. Uh, of, of, of what comes in through tithe, we give back to outreach. So, for instance, let me say it to you like this. For every $10 you give to tithe, we take a dollar of it and we give to other ministries, we give to missions, we give to outreach. That's how we go to, to Eisenhower School and renovate. That's how we go to Millwood School and renovate. That's how we go to, to, to provide backpacks for kids in schools because we take the, 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 a portion of it, a tithe of it, and we invest it back into ministry. And some of you business owners are going, Really? Off the top, you take 10% off before you pay the bills and give it back into ministry. 
Absolutely. It's, it's a huge commitment, but we believe in using the dollars that God has blessed this church to do ministry. And I would say this to you. You're here and you say, Pastor, I want to give a significant gift. And, and I would love just, just to kind of sit down and see where the finances are going. You're welcome to. If you give to this place, we have an open book policy. Just call the office. Ask for Josh. Josh will meet with you. He'll schedule an appointment with you. And he, well, you can see everything. You can see where the dollars are going. You can see the full-blown audit. Matter of fact, some of you don't won't know what you're looking at, but you can see it. Amen. You can look. Huh? That's kind of how I do with the audit. Huh? Okay, but it's, everything's good, right? I mean, that's, you know what I'm saying. But, but you can come. Because, I mean, we are handling your dollars with great integrity. And people in this day and age, when there's shysters and shenanigans, people are saying, Pastor, can I give with confidence? You can give with confidence. Number two is this, a second question that people ask, because, man, we want to see more lives change. And I cast big, audacious vision to this church. A second question people ask is, what is the difference between tithe and offerings? Tithe and offerings. For some of you, this is very basic and elementary, but for our church that reaches a lot of unchurched people, a lot of people who have been away from God for years, this is a, a real relevant question that people actually ask, that they don't know the difference. I get up here and talk about tithe and offering. They're going, what are you talking about? What's a tithe anyway? What do you mean offering? What, what does all that stuff mean? Well, well the Bible clearly makes a, a distinction between the tithe and offering. The Bible says in Malachi chapter 3 and verse number 8, Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do we rob you? And he says this in tithes and offerings. And let me just bring some clarity to that for those of you that are new to church, new to the faith. You just not, not, don't have your mind wrapped all around that. A tithe, the word simply means a tenth. That's what it means, a tenth. So a tenth of a Christ follower income belongs back to the Lord. So as, as, as we work and earn income, the Bible teaches that a tenth of what we earn, we return back to God through the local church. The Bible calls it here in Malachi, the storehouse. That would simply be in today's, in today's society, the church where you worship. So listen, if this is not your church home, you should not return the tithe here. If you're watching by the internet and you have a church home, you, you should not return the tithe here. Only those who call this their church home, this is where you're being fed, where you're growing spiritually, this is your church home, you return 10% back to the Lord. Let me be real basic with you. So let's say you make $40,000 a year. Well, then that would mean $4,000 that you would return back to the local church where you worship. And the Bible says this, so that there will be food in my house. There'll be provision in my house. That's how we can do ministry. That's how we can reach out. That's how we're doing kids ministry and youth ministry is there are a lot of people who are returning the tithe, resourcing the house of God. And I believe the house of God is God's plan A. Amen. This is God's plan A to see lives changed, to see people saved and their lives turned around and to see their lives transformed. And so what we're asking you to do as a church family, if this is your church home uh, and you, you call this place home, what I'm asking you to do for this dream is if you're not committed to tithe, start there. Don't worry about the whole offering part. Just be committed to tithe consistently to provide food in the house so that we can continue to do great ministry in Oklahoma City. Now, if you're a tither, this is where offering comes in. If you're already a tither, what we're asking you to do is give offerings. Now, an offering is what you give above the tithe. Now, there are some people, they say they're giving offerings, but they don't tithe. But you can't offer until you return the tithe. So you can't offer. Come on, you're just kind of getting there. Amen. But, but after you return the tithe, now you can start 
offering. And now offerings don't have to go to the, to, to the local church, to the storehouse where you worship. Offerings can go to whatever the Lord leads you to do. You can, you can give it to, 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 to missionaries. You can give it to, to Convoy of Hope or the Red Cross. Or you can give it to help a homeless person on the street. Or, or you can give it to City Rescue Mission. We pray about and we want to be led about where we give our offerings. And so what we're asking you to do is during this week of prayer and fasting this week, that you would seek the Lord and that you would ask God, God, what would you have me? What would you have our family do over and above the tithe to help this dream, this dream of getting Midwest City up and running to see more change life, to see what you saw across this stage happen in Midwest City. So that's what we're praying about. And so if you're tithe, we're asking you to pray about that and make a one-year commitment to this dream of getting Midwest City launched to see more changed lives. The third question that people ask when, when we're casting big vision as a pastor, these are common questions that, that, I, that I get as a pastor. What's the accountability? What's the difference between tithe and offering? Here's another question that, that I get. Pastor, what do I do if I can't afford to tithe? What do I do if I can't afford the tithe? And that's a, a great question. And what I want you to understand is that many times when people ask this question, they believe their income is the problem. And that's what a lot of people believe. I, I, listen, if I just made more money, I would tithe. If I, ju- if, if I just didn't have credit card debt, I could give an offering. If, 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 I, if I didn't have so much debt in my life, you know, I, 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 could, honor, I could honor God. If my finances were not in such bad shape, I, I could then honor the Lord and, and tithe 10% and, and give offerings. But I'm just in bad shape, Pastor. And here's what I want you to get. I want you to catch my heart. Is, is tithing is not an issue of income. It's always an issue of priority. It, it always is. It's not, it's not an issue. I know, I know some of you are like, I don't know. I don't know what that preacher telling me. I'm just, I'm, I'm serious. I'm really, it's not, a, it's not an issue of income. It's an issue of priority. The best way I can explain this to you is, is I have four kids. And, and if you have kids and if one of your kids was sick, and the doctor told you your kid is deathly sick. And there's a pill that your kid has to take every month. And it will make them better. And they won't die. Now that pill is going to cost you 10% of your income. You're going to have to come up with that every month to keep your kid alive. I would do whatever it took. You would do whatever it took to keep your kid alive. Now, some of you would do some stuff that's illegal. But I'm praying that God will touch you. And you'd become one of these cardboard testimonies soon. Amen. That's what, that's what I'm praying. You'd be a cardboard testimony. <laughs> but, but most of us would do stuff legal. And we would, we would figure it out because we love our kids. We, I love my kid, kids with all of my heart. And I would figure it out. I would start thinking, okay, what do I have to do? Okay, we can't keep going out to eat. Or I can't keep buying these clothes. Or I got to sell the house and downgrade the house. I got, listen, I've got too much car. I got to sell this car because the income, the, 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 the payment on it is killing me. So I have to downsize my car. I, we would do whatever it took. Because it's not a matter of income, it's a matter of priority. And it's the same thing with the Lord. Listen, when it comes to the Lord, it's not a matter of income, it's a matter of priority. And that's what I, what, what I love. One of the things that, that I love about how God set up the tithe is, is it deals with a heart issue. It deals with a priority issue. And so no matter what you make, it deals with our priority. It, it simply says this, God, am I going to put you first and make you priority? Or am I going to put you last and give you what's never left over? And so what tithing does, you say, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to give. It's simply about rearranging your priorities. And I'm not saying that's fun, but I'm saying that's really the issue. Is, is Jesus really a priority? 
Is God really a priority? And I'm encouraging you, make God a priority. There, there, there are some that say, well, Pastor, you have to understand that I will start tithing when? I'll start giving above the tithe when this happens. I call them when and then givers. When and then givers. When I pay off the car, I'll, I'll start tithing. When I get out of credit card debt, I'll, I'll give offerings. When I get the new home, then I'll give to the Lord. When I make more money, then I'll give tithes and offerings. When and then givers. And here's what I want you to understand is when never happens and then never comes. It just doesn't. Never happens. When and then givers. Can I, can I tell you what happens is when I, when I pay off the car and you pay it off, but if you're a win and then giver, you got a new win. Now I'm going to pay off the house. Now, oh, now the house is paid. Now after I get my boat, then I'm going to, listen, I'm telling you, when it comes to win and then, we always find a way to do what we want to do. We always find a way to do what we, you going out to eat today after church, you find a way to make that happen. And when it comes to the Lord, we've got to stop when and then and say, Jesus, I trust you. I'm putting you first. I want to advance your kingdom. I want more lives to be changed. And the bottom line for my life is I trust you and I believe you'll take care of me. And I want to say to some of you that don't trust the Lord, God will take care of you. If you'll put him first, if you will honor him, he will. He is faithful. There's a lot of folks that can testify in this place today that God is faithful and he will take care of you he will this is not hype it's just truth it's truth the Bible goes on to say in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 9 through 10 you are under a curse you're not in the blessed place because you're not honoring God by returning the tithe you're not honoring God when he speaks to your heart about offerings he says you are under a curse the whole nation of you because you are, are robbing me he says bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house test me in this says the Lord Almighty and see check this out I'm talking to somebody the when and then people that I just can't afford to please hear me rearrange your priorities because God says see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. And I want to tell you, God is faithful to perform his word in our lives. And we're faithful to obey him. Number four is this. The fourth question that, that, that I get during a season like this when we're casting big vision and, 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 and asking for big resources, do all that God's called us to do to see more changed lives. Another question is, Pastor, how do I figure out what to give? How do you do that? How, 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 do you, how do you determine that? I want to take you to a scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 2 through 5. And the Bible says this. It says, out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I want you to notice they were going through a severe trial. The Bible says they were extremely poor, and yet they were rich in generosity. Because understanding, tithing and giving is not about income. It's always about priority. 
We always find a way to do what we want to do. And so they were poor. They were going through difficult times, but they were rich in generosity. Verse 3 says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability. They gave more than they even conceived or thought they could give entirely on their own. Verse 4, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did not do as we expected. But the Bible says this. Here's the key. I want you to catch this. Here's how they did it. Here's how they did it. But they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. Paul said, here's how they gave generously. They gave themselves first to the Lord. That's a process of surrendering. God, I'm going to give you my entire life. I'm going to give myself first to you. Can I tell you, the Christian life is a life of surrender. It's, I mean, just our attitudes, our, our thinking, our finances, our, our marriage, our, our kids, our habits. It's, it's just a continually surrendering and getting Jesus to become Lord over area, every area of our life. And for a lot of people, the area of finances is a difficult one to, to surrender to the Lord. And the Bible says they gave themselves first to the Lord. Can I tell you that many of us struggle, and I'm included in this, we struggle with greed and being stingy and selfish and self-centered. And I'm not preaching at you. Come on, I'm part of you. Amen. I'm preaching with, I'm preaching at all of us today because we all struggle with it. I can be selfish and self-centered and think about me and my family and what's just best for us and, and not have the kingdom of God in mind at all. And, and it gets to a place where you have to be like this church and say, I got to give myself first to the Lord. Because sometimes I struggle with thinking that everything I have belongs to me. And I have to remember, no, 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 God, this stuff all belongs to God. And I need to surrender it to him and ask him what he wants me to do with his stuff. Matter of fact, when my wife and I were praying, and I always have an advantage over you because I know these things are coming months and months ahead of time, uh, these commitments. So I start wrestling and talking to God, and I get to telling God what I'm going to do, and God, and I want you to bless what I'm going to do. Now, you know, I mean, I really had those conversations, and I was telling God what Tiffany and I were going to do, and I wasn't surrendered. Because Tiffany and I, we have plans. we got things we want to we do. And so I have these plans. And we were going to give. And I, I was even telling the Lord, you know, I was kind of talking to God. I said, like, God, you know, man, we, we did a significant, we gave significantly in the, in, in the crazy campaign. And I feel like, man, we sacrificed and, and gave beyond what we were, our ability to give, God. You, you, and you bless us. But God, man, a, a, another big commitment. And so I had a number determined in my own mind. That I told God we were going to give, and it was it, it was it was thousands of dollars that, that we were going to sacrifice and and cut back and, and 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 give to the Lord, and God began to deal with my heart, and said said Herbert, you're not in a place of surrender, and I began to surrender everything that I had to God, and God began to speak to me, and that number ended up doubling because I said God, I got to a place where I said God, this is all yours, and what do you want to do with your stuff? And He said Herbert, how do I determine what I should give? You got to get to a place of surrender. Well, you really say, God, the checkbook is yours, and the savings account is yours. And God, we've got 500 in savings account, or 1,000, or 2,000, or 100,000. And God, what would you have us to do with this? Lord, uh, the retirement is yours. Now, for some of you, it'd be foolish for you to pull out your retirement, especially how bad you're doing in the market right now in Jesus' name. But, if, but for some of you, you've got a lot of money there. You've been doing it for years. And, 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 you, and God, what would you have me to do. I've got a huge lump sum. God, would you want us to do something with, with some of that to invest in your kingdom? And, and, and God, that this stuff is all yours. What do you want to do? 
What do you want to do? And then you don't just look at your income. You look at your expenses and say, Lord, what do you want to do? Lord, do, do, we, do, do I need to cut out going out to eat for a year or at least going out to eat six out of seven days a week? I mean, do I have to get coffee every morning at 7-Eleven or Starbucks? I, I want some of you to know today, they really do still make coffee machines. I know some of you didn't know that, but I want you to know that. You, if you drop by Walmart, they still sell them, all right, all right? But do, do we cut out coffee for, for a year? Do we, we, do, I mean, we don't have to go to a movie every week or every, you know, I mean, do we, we, you start looking at expenses and you start saying, what can I sacrifice? Come on, we, we cut out cable for a year. And some of them said, the Lord rebuke you, pastor, but you can do that. Come on, you, come on. It all belongs to him. And we look and we really, and, and you say, Herbert, how do you determine? How do you determine? I just have to get my heart and my spirit and my mind in a place of surrender because I get in the way of what God wants to do. That's what I'm asking you to do is get in a place of surrender. Fast this week, pray, and let God speak to you. Can I get the ushers to come and hand out uh, the brochures and commitment cards? Uh, Some of you missed last week. You weren't here. We're going to give you a brochure that gives you all the details about this, this, this dream that we're doing and all the details about Midwest City. So it's all in there. Now, if you already got, already received one and you have one, just pass it on down the aisle. You don't need to have two. I realize some of you were here last week. We handed you one and you already lost it. Amen. So just get another one, okay? Just get another one so you can have one to pray over and to seek the Lord over. So go ahead and just pick those up. If you don't need one, just pass it on down the aisle if you already have one. And so what we're going to do this week is we're going to pray and seek the Lord. And some of you are going to make commitments on the commitment card. You're going to make a commitment to tithe. And that's all I'm asking you to do. If you're not a tither, I'm asking you, would you be committed to tithe? If you're a tither, I'm asking you, would you give above the tithe? And you can see the numbers there on the card. There are different numbers there that you can pray over and see what the Lord would have you to give. This num- these numbers add up to the $1.5 million that is needed for the renovation of the new facility. And then on top of that, here's what I'm asking you to do. Would you join Tiffany and I in next week bringing your best offering? Here's the motive and the reason behind that is we need to get Midwest City done as soon as possible to see more changed lives. And so there's a lot of renovation to be done. And so as much cash as we can have up front, we can keep the renovating going on and get that building done by August. And so my wife and I, we're bringing half of our pledge next Sunday. We're bringing half of it so that we can continue the work of the Lord out there. So would you pray about it? Maybe it's 10%, maybe it's 20%. Maybe you can give your entire commitment next week, half of your commitment, 75%. Would you pray about it? And you say, Pastor, why? Why? What you saw across the stage today so that we can see more change life. That's the only motive. That's the only reason. If you're a guest here today, I want you to know my heart. You say, is this church all about money? It's not. It's not. I do have to take time out and cast vision to our church. And it takes dollars to minister to people. It takes dollars to renovate facilities. It does. It takes, I'm just being honest, it takes dollars to feed the, 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 the hungry. It takes dollars to to send missionaries around the world. It takes dollars to, to minister here and to minister to your kids. and It, it, it just does. It, it takes dollars. And so I unapo- unapologetically ask our church family to, to give generously to the Lord. If you're a guest here, I hope you hear my heart because that's all I have for you to judge me on is, is my heart is pure. And I, I really do what I do because Jesus changes lives and he changed mine.